This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The games are ticking down and Mansfield Town are falling down the league table as a lethargic, uninterested, commitment-lacking display against Crewe ends in defeat, meaning now with seven games to go, questions are being asked about the Stags' chances. This week, the players have had an open chat to try and refocus their minds, but will that be enough to relay up the fire? And can David Flickcross' men be galvanised once more? On this week's podcast, not live, all will be explained. Myself and Nathan reflect on the faltering form, discuss what can be done to turn it around, and ahead of the long trip to Exeter, we'll hear from Stag's boss David Flitcroft and the man I want to play up front, more on that later, defender Ryan Sweeney. What I, what I love is like Christian wasn't training that much when we first come here, you know, so we got that sorted out in the summer and he's trained nearly every day. Played Saturday, Tuesday. He's trained nearly every day. Well, I mean, CJ's probably done the most. Tyler the same, and Mal Benning. So there's no, there's no secret. You know, I look at Mel's. Jacob Mel has been consistent, but he's trained every day. Um, Neil Bishop doesn't miss a, a game, and Ryan Sweeney doesn't miss a training day. So th- that's really important, and, and I think that's what it's proved to me that that you work at your craft, you keep improving, keep getting better, and and you get the recognition that you deserve. It's probably about who, who can ever stick the best run 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 of results together now. Um, you know, honestly, like we've been a real positive week in training. You know, we're looking to to kick on now and and you know start with Saturday. You know, there's not much better games to go into against like one of your promotion rivals away from home. So it's going to be a, a tough test. But like, one thing. Always, re- always ready on a, on a Saturday to go and put in a performance. All of that and much, much more on the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Well, hello to all of you and welcome 
to the show for the fans by the fans thanks very much for joining us and thanks very much to listening to and downloading the ramshackle episode last week where it was just me on my own whilst at the moment it may well just be me talking into my recording device wondering about what's going to come out of my mouth next i can assure you that this week's episode does have nathan on it unfortunately this week due to uh circumstances and mainly Nathan being double booked you'll hear about that in a minute um we're unable yet again to be with you guys live on our Facebook page at 6 30 Cammy's working Simon's got prior engagements and two prior engagements which come far before this podcast in little Dylan and little Harry um Nathan is going to watch the evening with Harry Redknapp and I'm sat at home twiddling my thumbs Um, But I wanted to improve on last week and I wanted to bring us all together and Nathan rang me earlier and said, we could do something now if you want. I'd just finished work. This was about half past one. So I shot round to Nathan's house and we managed to record a little bit of the podcast. Um, We had about 45 minutes um, before Nathan had to shoot off for a prior engagement and I had to get back as well. Um, But yeah, plenty of discussion between myself and Nathan, almost like a normal podcast, just sadly without your guys' impact and of course, um, you know, your comments and things like that but I promise 99% promise uh, that we will be back next Friday at 6.30ish for a proper podcast a proper live bona fide podcast unless Nathan has any prior commitments in which case feel free to basically go around to Nathan's house and and give him what for. Um, Before we get into the little bit about me and Nathan uh, what we were talking about and what we were reflecting on and getting his thoughts as well It's been such a frustrating week, hasn't it, for Stags fans because we're in that mindset now of negativity and that fear factor of bottling it all up and and throwing it away. One thing for me when you get into that mindset is to be honest with each other and to sort of sit down and say, this is what we need to do, this is where things are going wrong and this is how things are going to change. And I think Mansfield are fortunate to have a manager in David Flitcroft who can admit that and make that happen. And that's exactly what he's done this week. He's had an open conversation with the players. Again, me and Nathan will touch upon it in a a little bit. Um, But he's had that conversation. They've got things out in the open and hopefully that will sort of dot the I's, cross the T's and draw a massive line under what has been our blip. Seven games to go. We have to turn things around. Before we hear from me and Nathan, let's hear from the Stags boss, David Flickcroft, on why he wanted to um, have that open conversation, to have that meeting with the players, to try and get this season back on track. This time last year, after the crew defeat, we called an SOS to try and save our season. I don't think we quite need an SOS just yet, but we do need to be galvanised once more, and here's the man to do it. Certainly, with what a couple of things I've done with the players has been different to what I've done uh, in management terms before. Uh, we've we've had several meetings with the players and sort of uh, classroom sessions and group sessions to to sort of find out the the why we do what we do and who we do it for. And uh, when I when I, when I brought the idea to the table and you realise that you know sort of who I do it for and what you're trying to strive for day in day out and who who you want to make proud and and who personally that you know has had that massive influence over your career you can then start to understand um, 
you know, why we commit so much, you know, and it was it was refocusing on that. It was going back to that, you know, when I sign players and, and interview them and, and find out the cause, but it was just reiterating that. And we had quite a few new players in the January window, so it was it was a session for us all. But what the players have committed to was beyond my expectation. Um, there's a, there's a similar line that runs through most of the stories about our players and about probably most players and, and staff. The staff's done it, players have done it. And just opening up and getting you know men to talk about why they do what they do and that emotional attachment to that. And you know if if you've got the ability as a young player to run for for the cause and run for someone else's kids who who you know want to want to get promoted and the players that want to get promoted, then this is your opportunity now to do it. And um, it was powerful stuff and and you know it's inspired me um, and and inspired me staff and and hopefully the other way because you know to achieve promotion it has got to be a club as one it was, we've got to be together we've got to got to have a squad that's unified by by a common cause and um, you know promotion and being successful uh, it's a memory that, that money can't buy it's a memory that uh, when you've been there and you've achieved it you want more of it and that success brings more success so we've, we've reaffirmed to the group you know what it means and um it's certainly one of the best things I've done as a manager or a leader in in any management that I've that I've that I've worked in, um, and you know full full credit and and I'm proud of the group anyway, but even more proud of what they've shared with with us and what we've shared together over over this period over this week. Um, it's unique, it's different, and it, and it's totally you know blew me away. If I'm being honest, the the honesty that they've they've given and some of the backstories are just quite quite incredible well that sound is the sound of the police chasing down David Flickroft and Mansfield Town after a truly horrendous weekend last weekend falling out of the automatic places into the playoffs and again it's after crew and as somebody said in the group chat Shall, shall we call an SOS again? But they were in Marbella? I wasn't at that point, but the day after I was, so there was no, no chance for an SOS on a Sunday. Well, that's it. We could have done it from the plane. We could have all, we could have all flown out. Might have made us feel a bit better. Who knows? Uh, that voice, if you don't remember who it is, is Nathan Edge, who's now back from his holiday overseas and has brought the sunshine with him, which is why we're stood in his garden doing the podcast today because tonight at 6 30 ish what are you doing I'm letting uh, the side I, down I, I, that's no no doing. no i've got a meeting i'm i'm doing some transfer wheeling dealing and with harry redknapp in the jungle unfortunately not we're in uh, the civic <laughs> center so or civic quarter whatever it's called these days so uh not quite the jungle but you never know what sort of deals i might be able to sort out yeah. Can you get us a deal to get Mansfield back into the automatic places? I think I might, I think I might need more than Harry Redknapp for that. Um, it's deflating, isn't it? We're here, here we are again, a year, a year on, and uh, exactly where we were after the Forest Green, and then was it the crew game after that, wasn't it? Was it was 2-0 yeah. defeat, Forest Green, then we lost to... 4-2. 4-3 no, and we, we sort of uh, clawed it back to nothing really it didn't get us any extra points did it so um, for that 4-1 down after half an hour or something like that uh, and I think it was me in the in the group chat I said um, if anyone could do an SOS because I feel like it, it, it's calling out for one 
It was just a repeat of, uh, of the year before, really. It's certainly something we needed, which leads me to ask Nathan Edge what the galvanising hell is going on at <laughs> Mansfield Town. We're not solidified, are we? It's simple <laughs> as that. We're just not solidified. Um, I don't know what's going wrong. Is it, you know, at the, the, the moment there's a big discussion on social media, is it, is it the management or is it the players? That's my question out to you. Because uh, for me, I'm, I'm going to put the blame on the players at the moment. I mean, for me, there's clearly something not right there, isn't there? Whether it's a long season taking its toll, every team has a blip, don't they? At, at some point, MK Dons had theirs early doors and now they're sort of turning the form around and you know, putting real pressure on us. We didn't really have a massive blip and now it seems like we are having one. Is it the players? Is it the managers? It's a difficult one to answer, isn't it? Because you look at how well we were doing at the start of the season and where we'd built ourselves up to at one stage we were what two points off a top spot yep. and now we're out of it pretty much and it, we're clinging on to that hope of trying to get automatic it literally feels about, it's about three or four weeks ago when we were sat uh, on the podcast obviously in the live one and, uh, yeah because we don't do lives on Fridays because yeah. somebody has double booked themselves Sorry. <laughs> um, we were sat there saying you know we were debating like if looking at the fixtures and saying oh Lincoln might slip up there and if we keep winning you know we were two points behind them we could easily get into the uh, you know into, into that top spot and, and, and fa- really fancying our chances but since then it's been an absolute just massive drop hasn't it like everything not not just the results but the performances as well like I can't really remember the last time we had a, a convincing good performance I'd, I'd probably say for me it's Stevenage away like as in a full 90 I know after that we had the... Uh, even at Stevenage away, we played poor first half. Well, I don't know. I feel like we played well. We obviously let that goal in just before half-time from the corner. But apart from that, they didn't really do much. But we were playing good football. But obviously in the second half, we really turned it on. But, well, I guess you could say that. I guess it is, is that another game of, of two halves? A bit like Colchester, where we capitulated in the first half. And then we had that you know amazing comeback. But you don't... I can't see that in this team now. When you know when we went two down, two, two down on to, to crew, I didn't, I didn't fancy us to uh, to come back at, at all in that game. I really hope that this season's not turning out to be one of two halves either, because as you say, we've had so many games, haven't we, where we've you know gone down early and then had to fight back second half. I hope the season's not going to reverse. And we've had the good first half of the season, then terrible second half of the season because. At this stage, if you look at the, the form tables and ahead of the final seven games, you wouldn't fancy Mansfield. You wouldn't be putting your money on Mansfield if you're a betting man, would you? No. And if you look at look ahead to, to Saturday, uh, for example, you know Exeter away. It's a long trip for us, and uh, their managers come out in press and you know in, in the media and said that uh, this is their chance to to close the gap on us. And you know, so all of a sudden, it's gone from us. Looking at you know trying to stick in the in the third place spot and secure automatic promotion to now all the other teams below us really fancying their chances of, of catching us and you can see why we're, we're the out of form side I mean I wouldn't dare look at a form table but at the moment because I feel like if we did we're going to be right down there sort of, you know near the bottom you know that's how how bad it's been of you know of late and the thing is the more the more we try and talk about it we can't no matter who I have a conversation with we can't get that positiveness that galvanised spirit because no matter what happens it always leads back to the last couple of games and the way we've performed and and 
sort of that negative cloud. So one thing for me, which I think has been important this week, and I hope it pays off, is the fact that David Flickcross recognised that. He's got the squad together in the classroom, sat down with them and had open and honest conversations. I just hope they consisted of the words, how the bleep here are we going to get ourselves back? Well, that's the thing. Like, I know after the Lincoln game you know, on, on Sky on the Monday night, I thought we gave a de- decent sort of representation of ourselves. We did we did well and we probably deserved to come out as, uh, as winners in that game. And, uh, the, but the, 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 the players were still getting quite a bit of stick after that game. And I remember coming out on social media and, and really defending them and sort of saying, you know, we, we have a lot to be positive after that. And, um, you know, and, and to, you know, pretty much arguing with some of our supporters, to be fair. But then after Saturday, I couldn't do that. I, you know, I wanted to. I want to be positive. I've always been positive. Uh, you know, I, I want to be one of them people that sort of... Uh, believes in the in the team but after Saturday I couldn't I, you know it was, it was indefensible so um, I, sort of now it's I feel like even more fans have you know got into that more negative mindset even those ones who have been positive previously um, probably because of last season when we bottled it towards the end like we you know we're at risk of doing now uh, so I think it's now for the the players need to stand up they've had so much sort of support throughout the, the season especially obviously when things are going well it's easy to support then but even when things haven't been going well this so far this season, we've backed. They have had probably been backed more so than what previous. Yeah, you know, we have been with previous in previous years. So I think it's their time to sort of uh, to sort of answer answer back, but in the right way by going out there and putting in some effort and some a good performance. One thing which has interests me, and it's a good way of looking at it, is we were doing so well up to January, and we were saying we perhaps needed one or two faces just to bolster the ranks and. It's not really bolstered it, has it? It's weakened it in some respects. Yeah, and <clears throat> I think one of the things that's contributed to that is a couple of injuries that we've had since the January transfer window closed. Closed? I'm closed. not editing it. Oh, cheers, mate. Um, <laughs> closed. <laughs> it's always live, isn't it? It's always live. Uh, so that's not... Obviously, with Rosie going out and um, someone else picked up an injury after him. I can't quite remember who, but that certainly hasn't helped. And the, the players were brought in... Um, so you know, well, we'll talk about it because everyone's talking about it. So Grant, for example, um, when he came in, you know, everyone was happy, you know, because because he was a player that we know got has got bags of ability. However, there were some question marks: as was that the position we really needed to fill? And um, and he, what is he going to be the right man? And a lot of Notts County fans were saying he was great for so much of the season, then disappeared. Um, and it looks like at the moment we've got the ground that's disappeared because uh, it's been quite clear for, for quite a few games now we, he's just not been the player that he was when he very first came into the building Is Flitcroft scared to drop him? Tough question um, I don't know because he has been taking him off you know uh, I think was it the uh, the Lincoln game where he came off and I think there was a few words in the dugout weren't there where I think he was sort of saying you know why me you know why, why am I going off um, so obviously Grant isn't happy about being taken off um, but he still did it he, he took him off against Crew as well so he's taken him off I think it's probably more likely there's something in the clause with uh, the, you know the, the agreement with Forrest where he's got to start games you know we know that is often the case in, in loan deals so I don't think it's necessarily a, a matter of Flitcroft not wanting you know not not being brave enough to uh, to not play I think it's probably more contractual issues where, where if we break that then we could you know tarnish the 
relationship that we've built with uh, Forrest this season. Because if you look at the way he plays, I mean, for me, he's, I call him Flash because he's got these moments of... Flash. Ah. Flash. You're <laughs> uh, he's got these moments of absolute brilliance where he can change a game and really impact and really drive us on and inspire us. But then there's the other 99% of the time where he tries to be Flash and doesn't quite come off or the players who are around him aren't up to that standard and it just sort of it draws a negative crowd over us and for me I've looked at the way that Otis Khan's performed over you know the last three or four games when he's come on and he's made an impact and look hungry yeah. you've got Mellis who arguably plays better the higher up he plays you've got Alex McDonald coming back who can impact in there as well and I even think back to before January when we had Timmy Elschnick yeah. and the way he was playing if you ask me a straight choice between Elschnick and Grant, I'd take Elschnick. And I know people think I'm mad for that, but I don't know. I just I think there was something he offered us a little bit more. I, I said we were top-heavy in January in that position, looking at all the ones coming back, and it's it's proved right. We're too top-heavy in that attacking midfield role, and it yeah. doesn't work. No, I think that's that. that the thing is, though, that's, the problem is, is that it's great in hindsight, isn't it? Uh, you can quite easily say Elsie might have offered something a bit different now but but at the time you know majority of supporters were happy about Grant coming in and, and like you said that I think one just going back a little bit to what we were talking about a second ago about is Flickcroft scared to take him off I think another thing is I think he just hoped that he's going to do something you know where he, you just said there where he could just pick out that killer pass and I think there's still that hope that his ability would shine through even when he's not playing well and unfortunately it just hasn't happened and and you're right about him being a flash player. I think the problem is not not the thing you download on the you know, on the internet to, to get things to work. That's Adobe, not George. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> with him being one of those type of players, I think when he first came in, to, to be fair, you think about it, and probably some of those passes didn't come off. And the difference was like we was in decent form, and sometimes it doesn't matter as much if you lose a ball. And you want to see players being creative and inventive, and and you, you just think, oh, the more he spends time with players, they're going to start reading it better. But the problem is now we can't afford to be doing those flash plays, flash well, those, those flash tricks and 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 the little creative, inventive stuff. Because when they don't come off, when you're playing poor it looks really bad and obviously the the other aspect is when you're not on top of the game the most important thing you need to do is get your foot on the ball and keep it when you're doing these things like that all you're doing is handing the the, the, the ball straight back to the opposition and the pressure straight back on you and that's you can't be doing that you need to keep the ball and you need to sort of settle things down and that's where the moment Grant is just really isn't suitable in that so I mean I'm with you I mean I probably would drop him because then you've got the flip side as well you've, you've also got you can look at the bench then and think well actually I've got a player here that can come on and, and change it potentially so if we could do it then you know I would but I still think there's something more contractual stopping that that's why I hate loans sometimes because yeah. Yeah. that dictates your team selection now I'm, I'm not letting another manager it. be in charge of my team yeah just so he gets his game minutes and things like that I, I see if, you, if you're the club that's loaning the player out you sort of get it don't you because you yeah. don't want it want the player going to another club and just sat on the bench but when you're the player getting the loan you know you, you just think why would you agree to it but unfortunately the, 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 the loanee the loan club the uh, loanee club I can't get my words out today still in holiday mode they they hold all the cards don't they in the end of the day if we didn't agree to that he probably wouldn't be here in a Mansfield Township so uh, and I mean some may say that's probably a good thing at the moment but you wouldn't have said that a couple of months ago when he joined so um, 
it's, it's a tough one um, you know you, you've got the flip side in, at the moment obviously the youth team are put together some good results and people are saying well let's We'd rather see the rather see the youth players in there, but if we did that and they couldn't get up to the mark, or you know, cause it's a big step, you know, and it's big big pressure put on their shoulders as well. Um, you know, we we could be sat here saying, oh, you know, okay, we tried the youth, but it's just not good enough. Why have we not invested in the in the loan market or the transfer window? So it's it's all swings and roundabouts with it. It's interesting that you talk about the loan thing there. Just to go back to that a second, I was listening this week to uh, there's a great podcast out there for leagues one and leagues two called uh, d3 d4 which often you know do what we do in some respects but cover the entirety of league one and league two but they also do uh, special podcasts where they interview current or ex players and managers and they've had they, they had Dave Artell on there a couple of weeks ago yeah. he was talking about his Mansfield time but also this week they've had Bobby Lesnik on there who's obviously out injured at the minute and was a key figure for us I think even if I look at that I still think it started going wrong when he got injured but anyway yeah. um, he was talking there about his career and saying when he had loan spells a couple of you know, just before he joined Exeter it didn't work for him it wasn't the, the type of career for him because he felt as a loan player he couldn't commit fully to the club that he was being loaned to yeah. because he knew that his future didn't matter about what happened on the pitch or where that club finished because his future was at a club higher up because he had another year left on his contract or, or whatever and if that's the same for the likes of George Grant Tyler Walker not so much because he's I know he's not been scoring of late but he's, his contribution's been second to none yeah. which is why he's got the recognition he has we'll come on to that in a bit but if you're that player and you know you've got a secured future at another club regardless of what happens on your loan spell when you're in spells like this when the team aren't doing as great and aren't getting the results that they want are you really 100% committed? Probably not like you say you, you look at it and the, they're probably thinking you know obviously they're going to want promotion they're going to want promotion on the CV but then when it really comes down to the nitty gritty they're going to think well does it matter if Mansfield Town are in League 1 next season because most likely they're not going to be here they're probably you know, Grant, for example, just just picking him out because he's probably the one that's recognised as the most talented of the youth players that we've got in there. Sorry, loan players that we've got in there. Um, he's probably thinking, well, you know, I should should be at a League One club next season anyway. So, uh, you know, you could say that with loan players. Do they really care? Nicky Jose, you know, another player that's come from League One, probably not going to be here next season. Um, Smith's probably got a future elsewhere. All these youth players, oh, I keep saying that, lone players, um, you, they probably could easy, very easily have that, have that attitude when it comes down to the real, you know, having to fight for to get your form back on and, and really secure this promotion. They're probably not going to care. And the problem is we've got five of those players in our team and that's uh, just under half of the first 11. So that's that's a lot of players to go missing in it you know on a match day if it's not going your way let's talk a little bit about those players who this week have been named in the uh, EFL 
team of the season, trying to put a bit of a more positive spin on, on things. Let's talk about those players. Christian Pierce, Mal Benning, CJ Hamilton, and of course Tyler Walker, all named in the EFL team of the season. What does that say about how Mansfield Town have transformed? Because in bygone seasons, Mansfield wouldn't get a sniff, would they? No. Uh, obviously, it's a fantastic thing to have four players in there. Um, is it, you know, is absolutely brilliant, and I think it's all voted for by other managers, isn't it? Which I also it think uh, speaks volumes. That means other, you know, other clubs are probably looking at us and th- say, you know, they're going to look at our players and think we're doing things the right way, and and it's sort of like a little bit of a wish list, isn't it, for those those, those managers? So for them to sort of highly rate those players and they would probably take them in their team is, is a great thing um, I mean I think it's miss, missing one key name off that list is uh, Neil Bishop I don't know how he hasn't made it on there uh, but you know I think that still the players that are in there are deservedly so well we've not heard from him yet because this would be the time in the show where I press a button and then David Flickroft would start talking but obviously we're in your quotes. garden it's quarter to three on Friday afternoon this is going to go out later today I've not got David Flickroft to just go and play like that but by the power of editing here's what David Flickroft had to say about the players who made it into the EFL team of the season here's Dave well I think you've got to take them on individual merit because um, again you know I think when you understand Mal Benning's cause and, and, and why he does it and who he does it for and the responsibility on Mal um, that'll give Mal the profile that he wants to inspire you know uh, a generation of um of, of players and a generation of, of uh, people that will that he will be able to motivate and, and inspire. So when you look at Mal and you look at his background and what he's trying to do, you know it's it's, it's fantastic that he's got this recognition, and I'm delighted for him because um, you know he, he was a player that when I first arrived here, you know was you know he, he needed so much work and and so much support and so much. Uh, Love and we give him that, you know, and he's flourished. And that, you know, when you see and you understand his values and his family's values, then, um, you know, you want just the very best of him. And, and I'm just so delighted for him that he's got that. And it is a personal recognition for Mal, and and he works hard every tra- day, day in training, he never misses a session, he's inquisitive, uh, he's intelligent, and he's, you know, he's a, he's a top player. But to be recognized by, you know, the players you're playing against it just for me um, it means a lot more um, Christian Pierce, you know we we took a decision in the summer to to rebuild you know the back the back three and um, after playing a, a four last season and I think Christian's benefited that from most the way he's been able to lead Mike Preston alongside him and um, and Ryan Sweeney so I'm not just looking at a player here that's been in brilliant form and been brave and got on the ball and um, you know he's been part of a, a really successful defence and one that's you know got us to, to up, near, up near the top of the table but just his leadership in and around that and, and again help supporting them two younger players sometimes um, experienced players older players are a bit selfish you know they don't want the next generations to come through uh, but Christian's not like that, you know. He's, he's supported them boys, and um, absolutely deserves the the uh, you know to be merited in that team. Um, CJ is probably one of the more obvious ones because you know I, I think he's just a pure threat. I think wherever you play him, his his pace and um, his 
Um, certainly this season, his, his end products become a lot better. And you know, CJ is is a is almost a football monk to training and to dedication and to you know, he's come from nothing. He's had nothing, you know. And and for him to, uh, I remember at the time and we spoke about it that. You know his contract was going to be incentive based. It wasn't going to be a jump to to earn good money. Um, everything he had to do, he had to earn it. And uh, I remember saying at the time, you know, to his agent that please trust me on this one because if we get the contract right, we get the player right. Don't don't look for the the short term gain. There's a medium to long term gain in this. And CJ has hunted that incentive money down and, and, and I just think I'm delighted for him and he deserves deserves that recognition because he, he's not a lot he's had a really tough tough time and a tough um, a, a tough sort of up, upbringing and when you see him now flourish it's, it's brilliant you know it's, 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 it's inspiring um, so that's our players I think Tyler uh, more than any other player that, I, that I've sort of worked, worked with before has really bought in. I think the day we met him and told him what this season could represent and and what it meant uh, to the other players and what it could mean to be flying out at the top of the league, we got the vision. I saw him a part of it. A big thing that we spoke about with is that the, some of the loan signings hadn't worked before where he'd been and uh, the, the moves that he'd had just, just didn't work. Uh, we'll make this one work. We'll uh, work with you every day on your craft, on your... Um, on you know on scoring goals and, and and your overall game, and again he's committed to it. He's trained every day. You know there was there was um, a myth, if you like, out there that you know he, he was always injured and he always got injured. But we've kept him in a regular routine. We've kept him playing games. There's there's that one blip where uh, you know he, he knows he's done wrong, uh, that he's got suspended. But the rest of it, he's been injury free and and he's been excellent for us this season. So you know all four completely deserve to get in and it's credit to the players and, and credit to our staff here um, that have supported them players but it's, it's like I'm saying you know and I said from day one to improve you've got to be out on the training pitch there's 230 training days that you've got uh, over the year now that's 230 days of improvement 230 days of getting better you've got your recovery days in that you've got your potential days off and obviously holidays but the rest you're working you're working to improve and then players uh, and what what I love is like Christian wasn't training that much when we first come here you know so we got that sorted out in the summer and he's trained nearly every day played Saturday Tuesday he's trained nearly every day while well, I've been here CJ's probably done the most Tyler the same and Mal Benning so there's no there's no secret you know I look at Mel's Jacob Mellis has been consistent but he's trained every day um, Neil Bishop doesn't miss a, a game and Ryan Sweeney doesn't miss a training day so th that's really important and, and I think that's what it's proved to me that that you work at your craft you keep improving keep getting better and, and you get the recognition that you deserve David Flickcroft there speaking about those uh, players who made it into the EFL team of the season you can watch that interview in full over on mansfieldtown.net forward slash I follow uh, it's getting towards that time of the season isn't it where things are getting nice and tight and we're talking about can Mansfield get back into that position where they want it to be and it's funny because I wrote almost in frustration on Sunday when I was writing my blog as I usually do every week about 
things we could do to mix it up a little bit. And one idea I cottoned upon, which has sort of gone down a little bit like Marmite, some people have got behind it, some people have said that I'm, I'm mad and I've had people at my door with, with white coats, men with white coats, straight jackets and that sort of thing. And that's just your weekly visit. That's just my weekly visit, of course. <laughs> uh, but one thing which I spoke about was the potential of Ryan Sweeney up front. Let's see what Nathan <laughs> uh, Nathan makes of that. And I can tell by his laugh, he's already on, on team Get Craig incarcerated into a straight jacket. I, I did read that, to be fair. And uh, I probably would... Um, I'm going to have to disagree. Christian Pierce up front. He's the one for getting the goals lately. Come on, it's maybe, well, actually, maybe stick them both up there. To be fair, uh, I get you thinking. Obviously, um, at certain points in games, we sort of need to go for the sort of more direct approach, someone that can to win the win the headers and hold the ball up a little bit. Um, whether sticking Sweeney up there is the answer, I don't know. I think this is probably just a problem that stems back further in the January transfer in a way we may have recruited incorrectly. But I guess now you've got to deal with what you, what you've got. Would it work? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to sit on the fence for this one. Uh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't oppose to it being trialled. Just to throw him up there, see what happens. But um, I don't think I fancy him if the ball drops to him six yards out at his feet. Uh, I think it more likely might end up in the quarry lane pond behind the goal, to be honest. Well, you know, I mean, I'm not talking about him scoring six-yard tappings and sitting and absolutely belting him in from 40 yards on his left peg into the top bins. <laughs> I'm talking about to trying to get us some movement and some desire up front because we've started games sluggish with the exception of the Lincoln game. We struggle to get into games and then we're always sort of chasing our tail late on and every time in those games Sweeney has sort of been pushed up front and he wins things in the air he can play with his feet he brings other people into play and I just think if we need to go out and grab a game by the scruff of the neck then why not I guess you got a point um, yeah I, I don't know I, I probably like I say we've got nothing to lose by doing it really it's something a bit different it'll certainly uh, the opposition probably won't be expecting it it'll certainly give them something different to think about um, and like you say, can it can it get much worse? Really, I, apart from the Lincoln game, we've that we've we've sort of been that sort of uninventive going going forward, and just not really sort of shown any sort of I don't know what the sort of strength I think of keeping the ball up there. So maybe that's what we need. Maybe that's where we're lacking, and we we could we could always uh, you know fall upon someone like Sweeney, someone who's now a, a full time player with the, the you know the club he's a young player wants to impress wants to go places with Mansfield Town so uh, try him in a different role and see if it see if it does pay off I mean even if it's just sort of the first 10 minutes just to settle us down a little bit and give them something to think about and then drop back into that back three I, I don't know I just think we've got to try something because would you would you now consider the youth some of the youth players I know we've discussed it previously and you sort of talk about the gap and whether it would be a big step or is it a lot of pressure for them which obviously at this stage of the season it absolutely would be wouldn't it so would you now look at introducing them in you know into, into the or one or two of those players into this uh this promotion fight you see the thing for me is and, and this is the funny thing we send the youth team now to most of our reserve games and we sent them on I think it was Tuesday wasn't it where we played Port Vale oh, at Alfred yeah. and we won 4-1 Jimmy Knowles scored all four obviously he's got the headlines and people see right well we've got goal, we've got a young goal scorer and we've not got one in the first team so why not chuck him in I'm not against that at all I'm not against 
putting him in and letting him train with the first team, which I believe he, he has been doing a little bit. But with seven games to go, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because mm. if it was a home game, I'd probably I'd probably say yeah, because you've got a crowd of maybe 4,000 Mansfield fans who are there to back the team and will back anyone playing in, in that shirt. And a lot of them will recognise the fact we're bringing through young players and developing young players. But away games at a place like Exeter where we've gone this morning staying overnight playing at, against a team who were always well backed vocally it's a tough place to go and play football it's a horrible ground to go and play football good side they obviously beat us the only team at, at the start of the season to beat us at home um, young lad nervous would be nervous because of obviously all the, the headlines and the speculation surrounding him away from parents from for a weekend with more senior players I wouldn't in an away game I wouldn't risk it no. if we were at home 100% I'd, I'd, I'd back him and say go on then put him in I think it's the fact we're away and it's such a long way and you've got all those other contributing factors of yeah. travelling being away from family it's not like you know you're just travelling an hour two hours down the road on the day staying overnight with a bunch of people let's be honest who you don't really know because you might have seen them and you, you'll know of them but you won't know them on a level confident enough to be able to sleep properly to share a room with someone and, and go down that go down that route yeah so maybe maybe not Exeter but Cambridge Cambridge yeah I'd, I'd have him tra- I'd definitely have him training next week yeah. with the first team and if he scores a couple of goals in training and looks, looks sharp then why not? Because as I say, you're at home. You've you've not got that pressure of having to travel. It's a little bit more in control rather than being out of control. Yeah. I don't know. It's but it, it's good that we've got those players there doing that, and we're having these discussions because maybe two or three years ago we'd be in this position, and we'd be looking at bringing somebody up from the youth team and be like, "What youth team? Yeah. What development exactly. system? Because it's, it's not there." Yeah. I think that's, that's probably the best thing about it at the moment, the fact that <clears> we're, we're in this difficult position now. We've got so many players out, players out of form. Um, so we have got that option. Whether Flitcroft will, will take it, only time will tell. Um, but I hope he does, actually. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of like, give it a go. Because like, at the end of the day, it might not work. But at the moment, not, what we've got isn't working. So in a, in a sense, what have you got to lose? You, you know, I'd, you could look at, look at say would it be detrimental to that detrimental I'm not editing it can we edit this come no. on detrimental I don't know if that's <laughs> I wouldn't edit it if it was live would I? there was a camera looking at us oh, true true I'll give you that um, so yeah they, people might say it's detrimental to his development if he goes in there and it doesn't work but I don't know if it would a couple of games I think it's an opportunity for, for a player to come in and uh, and, and and try and thrive in that situation and if they don't then you know, they've got next season to, to have a stab at it. You know, it's. It, I think it's a. It's an opportunity that I think we probably should should look at look into uh, taking because we've done it before. You know, when when you look at the promotion seasons in previous year, then maybe they're not the players that have been thrown in right at the end, but we have um, 
relied on on the youth players, Bobby Assels and you know those players that are now legends of the club. So um, yeah, we've been working hard at the club. Let's let's see. Let's let's put it to the test a little bit now. How about a compromise, Sweeney alongside Jimmy Knowles? <laughs> what one? Just drop to- Walker out altogether. All, all like. him. <laughs> Bench him. <laughs> bring him on. If it's not working, bring him on. Yeah, like I say, at the moment whatever we're doing at the moment it doesn't seem to be working so maybe it's time to think out the box but probably my only criticism of, of, of David Flickcroft is sometimes he can be stubborn with his own ways so do I think he'll do it probably not and that's probably my you know I I, I, feel, I still think he's the right manager for the job but I think the people that are calling for his head are, are ridiculous at the 100% moment. get a uh, life yeah, grow I, up I, look I, at how we've changed absolutely so um, I think that's just being very short sighted and that's coming from somebody blind so um, <laughs> you know you've got to look at the bigger picture and uh, you can't say that he should be going if you know it, because of a few bad results and, and and whatnot. So, but like I say, so I've backed him all season. I still back him now. However, my only criticism is he can be a little bit stubborn sometimes. And previous uh, fans of clubs that he's, he's managed before have, have said the same thing. When it comes to the the nitty gritty, he can be frustrating because he's not you know he's, he's quite stubborn and not willing to change things. So. I just hope that he's learned from those past experiences now and, and, and he's willing to take a little bit of a gamble and, uh, and, and, and sort of, like I say, look at, like you say, like, you know, throw Sweeney up there or, or look at the youth players or, or play a different system. Try, just try something, be aggressive in, in his tactics and his, in his game, game, game thinking and game choosing, like match choosing, um, he's 11, all that sort of thing. Just, just be a bit aggressive and try it because what's worse, going out of a fight or going out of a whimper, you know, I, Obviously, it's uh, going to be going to have a whimper, so just go for it. Why not? Let's hear from Ryan Sweeney and see what he's got to say about playing alongside the likes of Pierce, Preston, and let's see if he's got any inkling about playing up front. Pierce, he's got in on team of the season the other day, you know. So congratulations to him and, and the other boys. Um, you know, he, he's been he's been brilliant. You know, he's the, he's a captain. You know, he, he leads us every game. Um, you know, and Prezi, you know, he's just he's big, strong centre half. You know, and you know, very capable on the ball, both of them. So you know, we felt we felt settled in there, and you know, obviously when when you got turns there as well, he brings. You know, fantastic experience. You know, he's a brilliant player. You know, you can see every day the the hard work he he puts in on the training ground. You know, and like players, especially like me and Prez, you know, we're still still pretty young. You know, that's a, that's a, a real top pro to learn off. So, yeah, it's it's been good to be back alongside him. You know, it's probably been a bit unsettled the last few weeks, like by suspensions and a few injuries and whatnot. But you know, it's it's really good to be back alongside him. To go into these games, you know, no matter what what sort of form. You enter, you know, um, you know. It's probably about who, who can ever stick the best run, run, runner results together. Now, um, you know, honestly, like we've been a real positive week in training. You know, we're looking to to kick on now and and you know, starting with Saturday. You know, there's not much better games to go into against like one of your promotion rivals away from home. So it's going to be a, a tough test. But like one thing, we're always, re- we're always ready on a on a Saturday to go and put in a performance. Ryan Sweeney there speaking to I Follow Stage. You can view that in full at mansfieldtown.net forward slash I Follow. It's five to three. I've got a life. You've got a life. I need to go. You probably need to go as well. Exit tomorrow. It's a long journey in more than one way, isn't it? Massive. So it's a long journey like you say physically for fans and players but it's uh, it's going to be a long journey for the season as well because I think the results are going to be absolutely massive it's it's one of those it's a six pointer because 
as I mentioned earlier, their manager truly believes that you know he's got a Mansfield Town team coming who's out of form, and this is an opportunity for them to to close the gap because you know they're they're in a promotion chase as well. So um, in some ways that even though they're, we're the wayside, the pressure's the pressure's still on us, especially with how things have been performing uh, turning out of late. So it's a massive game and. Uh, you know, if we lose, I don't want to say it's all over because it's absolutely not. There's still another six games after that, but I think we we need to get this uh, this train back on track uh, as soon as we can. If we lose, will there be an SOS on Sunday exactly a year on? <laughs> like the SOS <laughs> anniversary special. It depends special. how we lose, don't it? Doesn't it? But uh, it potentially could be. Definitely keep an eye out on the Mass for Matters page because you might be seeing a notification at uh, I don't know half past five on Ish. on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> saying uh, stay tuned for the page tomorrow at uh, 6.30 or whatever time we go for it because there'll be another SOS a year on I can just see it happening now but let's hope we're wrong yeah let's really hope we're wrong it's a long journey in more than one in more than one way as we've as we've said extra away tomorrow seven games to go seven huge cup finals it's not over by any stretch of the imagination we've there's been a lot of negative talk this week but hey by five o'clock tomorrow we could be back in third MK Don's could have lost and be back in fourth and it could be a promotion party back on again that's just the strange way in which Mansfield Town uh, twists and turns in this season we've had Nathan's been alongside me today no Cam no Simon and no live we won't be with you next Thursday at 6.30 because it's the final of the John Radford Trophy so I've got to work but we will be with you next Friday at 6.30ish I promise unless Nathan's got any prior engagements I'll check my calendar this time we can only hope thanks for listening see you next time When I get hurt, I, you know, I, I come out fighting and the lads know that, but they're fighting, they're fighting together and it's brilliant. It's been brilliant to watch a group of men this week um, go to the depth of the soul, understand what it means to everyone and, uh, and, and to come out the other side. And... Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.